this is Sylvia. Welcome back to Out Loud Gizmo. This is a storytelling podcast and the last episode of my dad's memoirs. First of all, I want everyone to know that I have posted all of the pictures corresponding with the episodes for my dad's memoirs on the Facebook page of Out Loud Gizmo. You can do a search on Facebook to find it. Out Loud Gizmo is a saying my dad made up. Let me explain a little bit more about that saying. I mentioned in the very beginning how it was used was he would say something like crying out loud a gizmo or goodness gracious out loud a gizmo. He was always saying something that made us laugh and he made us enjoy life, that's for sure. Today, I'll be talking a little bit about after my dad stopped writing the memoirs and he guided me on information regarding what happened in his life after he moved here to Arizona for the last time. And then I continued on in my own words. It's actually a condensed rest of the story. I did not go into a lot of detail and left out a lot, but I hope there's enough there to give you an idea of the rest of the story. And that's what you'll be hearing today, plus a little extra. Enjoy. A brief recap of the rest of the story, written by Sylvia. But not read by me, as you can tell. Nancy is going to be reading most of this. I will be inserting in my own voice things that I forgot to put in when I was having Nancy record it. So here goes. 1971. Daddy and Edward decided to go into business together. So, DNE Welding was built on Sir Ryan Street in Mesa, Arizona. Daddy and Ed made pipe racks for Gilbert Plumbing and mostly for Falcon Plumbing. They installed hitches, repaired construction equipment, made tree carts, and too many other things to mention. They also did portable welding when needed. Mama did the office work and had a vegetable garden at the back of the building. She grew many vegetables, but her zucchini went crazy and almost overcame the entire garden. She had so many that everyone, including customers, were given zucchini. She also did macrame. She made a lot of macrame pot hangers, owls, and wall hangings. She loved doing macrame. I think it made her day at the office go by faster also. She was very good at doing it. I was so proud of her. She gave everyone she knew at least one of her creations. February 1971, Brett Marcus Wood was born to Brenda and John Wood. May 1971, Dennis Wayne Booth was born to Sylvia and Benny Booth. 1974, Daddy and Mama bought a house and a kit, and a frame house to be built on land just on the outskirts of Mesa, Arizona. Everyone in the family helped in building it, especially Edward. Mama and Daddy lived in a little trailer next to the new house as it was being built. They moved into their new house around December 1974 and added a front porch and back porch. Then they closed in the front porch and then they added on another front porch. They then closed in the back porch. We used to laugh about how many porches they had. 1975. In June 1975, Uncle Bill moved from California to Arizona. 
He lived in Scottsdale and Mesa and lastly Phoenix, and that's where he lives now. After he married Jean in 1995, he moved in with her there, and they still live in Phoenix. And we're glad to have him here in town with us. He worked full-time as a musician for Bobby Lee and the Lee Men for five years as a piano player. And then in 1980, he worked at Stewart Title Company full-time for 24 years. During that time, he also worked six nights a week with Bobby Lee and the Lee Men. Wow, he was really busy. He had to be tired. <laughs> I think he was, but he enjoyed it. He retired as a musician December 31st, 2000. 1976. November 1976, Amber Joy Wood was born to Brenda and John Wood. Daddy and Edward decided to close D&E Welding and they sold the building. Ed went to work at the city of Mesa. Then, Daddy formed D&E Portable Welding. That's when Daddy did portable welding only. He made the stairs for the apartment complex at Stapley and University and the fence around the pool at Northwood Townhouses, to name a few. He also built corral fences, some along McDowell Road, in which David Booth and Bluewood helped him do for a while. Daddy did so much more, but I wasn't around him to know what and how much more he did. He eventually only made and fixed things from his house. He built a little garage-like building behind their Ray Frame house as his workshop and sold his portable welding stuff. Daddy continued making tree carts for Treeland Nursery. He said he could not make them anymore because of his hand shaking. So, during his last few months of making the tree carts for Treeland Nursery, Blue and Brett, Brenda's boys, and sometimes David, my son, had been doing the welding for him after Daddy put them together. His last carts were finished and delivered January 6, 1998. 1979. December 1979, April Joy Pickett was born to Edward and Shireen Pickett. 1990. Daddy and Mama had their 50th wedding anniversary. It was held at Scottsdale Baptist Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. We kids prepared the event. We all sang. Ed played the harmonica while Shereen played the piano. Shereen read a poem she wrote about Mama and Daddy's life together. And we presented Mama and Daddy with a gold plate with their wedding date, July 3rd, 1940, engraved on it. It was one of the hottest summers to date. It was 118 degrees the day of the event, with very high humidity. There was a record 122 degrees a few days before. I'm glad we were inside an air-conditioned room. By the way, Mama and Daddy celebrated their 69th wedding anniversary one month before Daddy's death in 2009. 1997. Daddy had chest pains and went into the hospital. They said he had two blocked arteries in his heart. They had to perform a surgery on him that kind of rotor-rootered the vein that had the worst blockage. The other vein was not as bad and was in a difficult place to reach, so therefore was not done. It was touch and go for a while, but he made it through, thank the Lord. Daddy and Mama attended the Desert Hills Baptist Church just down the road from their house. Daddy was a deacon there. He made and welded the cross that was erected on top of the steeple on the new church building in the summer of 1997. 1998 in September 1998, Daddy had surgery for his essential tremors, which is what caused most of his shaking. The procedure was called active tremor control therapy or thalamic stimulation. This therapy sends small electrical pulses to the brain to block the signals that cause tremors. They implanted a probe with an insulation wire lead in the thalamus area of the brain, which is the front portion of his forehead at his hairline. 
the lead is connected by an extension to an implantable pulse generator, which is like a pacemaker, that is implanted beneath the skin in the upper chest area. Daddy turned on the stimulator with a handheld magnet. All parts of the system are implanted under the skin. During the surgery, they had just implanted the probe. When Daddy had a mild heart attack and they had to stop, close the incision, and wait a day for the special dye they had injected into his bloodstream to thin out, so they could do surgery on his heart. They put a stint into one of the arteries that had blockage. Then a week later, they finished the rest of the thalamus stimulation operation. Thank goodness he was on the operating table when he had the heart attack, so they could monitor him immediately. Afterwards, daddy could eat, write, shave, and all the everyday things without shaking. All the things that people take for granted. I tried to get him to finish writing the rest of his story in his own words, but he didn't. Perhaps because of his Parkinson's which was diagnosed around this time. His balance was affected, and walking was difficult, and his left hand started getting tremors. I also started noticing his mind slowing down a little. But through all of these ordeals, Daddy always kept his sense of humor and never complained. 2001. Daddy's balance and walking was getting worse and worse, so us kids talked Mama and Daddy into moving into a 55-plus community about 10 miles away, but still in Mesa, Arizona. But before they moved, we made sure that it wasn't until after Thanksgiving. All of the family gathered one last time at their Ray Frame house for a Thanksgiving feast. We played horseshoes, board games, talked and laughed. Mama and Daddy loved watching their family enjoying each other by being together. It was mixed emotions, knowing what was going to take place soon, but we knew it had to be done. 2002. Mama and Daddy got all settled into their new home at Brentwood Southern, which is a gated community with small little streets. Very soon, Mama was walking down the street to meet with the women who lived there. They had a quilt-making club. She enjoyed that tremendously and Daddy was close to the neighbors if he needed anything while she was away. He loved watching westerns on TV and that's what he did most of the time. 2003 through 2007. Mama and Daddy both had pacemakers put in. I don't remember the years, but Daddy's was first and then Mama's was within a few years of his. 2008. Daddy was getting worse. So Ed, Brenda and I took turns going to their home to bathe Daddy, get him ready for bed and whatever we could do to help out. Since Mama had her pacemaker put in, it seems like she was weakened, and after a while she had a little memory loss. So she was not able to take care of him or the household as easily as she could before. Since we couldn't be there 24 hours a day to help Mama take care of Daddy, we realized that we had to make a very difficult decision. We had to move Mama and Daddy into an assisted living home. 2009. In August 2009, Annie was here in Arizona visiting. Daddy had a heart attack or stroke. We don't know which. He was under hospice care since before the move, and that's what they told us. He went into a coma for about a week or so. Friends and family, including Uncle Bill and Aunt Jean were there every day. We sang songs around his bed, talked about anything and everything and laughed and cried. We know he was hearing us and since he loved to laugh, we knew he would enjoy hearing us laugh as we gathered around him. Daddy passed away peacefully on August 13, 2009. 2009-2018 I know that daddy wouldn't let me end the story here. He would want me to tell about mama's life after he died, so here goes. Since there was still some money left in their account, we were able to move mama into a nice assisted living community. It was like a luxurious apartment complex. She had her own room with a bedroom, baths, and living room. There was a string to pull in every room to contact the attendants in case of an emergency. 
down the hall, there was a recreation room, a dining room and lots of different rooms for different activities every day. She really enjoyed it. But after about a couple of years, she couldn't walk herself to the activities, even with a walker. And the attendants were not allowed to push the residents anywhere. Go figure. So, Ed fixed up daddy's electric scooter chair, and mama used it to get around. But then her money was almost all gone. So, Brenda and Ed found another assisted living community with all of the amenities as the other place. It wasn't luxurious, but the monthly rent was low. The apartment was about the same as the other place, but with a little kitchen, which she didn't need and really didn't use, except for storing snacks and a few dishes. Anyway, after a while, Mama couldn't drive the electric chair, as we called it, without tearing up the walls and doors. So we got her a wheelchair. And at this place, some of the attendants would push her in a wheelchair to her activities, but we would usually do it ourselves. Ed, Brenda, and I would take certain days to be with Mama. Then, Uncle Bill and Jean seemed to be there every Friday, so it slowly became sort of a family reunion every Friday with Uncle Bill, Aunt Jean, Ed, Brenda and I. We even called Andy, who lives in Texas, and put her on speaker and she became one of the group from afar. Mama didn't talk much, but she said she liked to listen. Unfortunately, in January 2018, Mama had a stroke. And within about a week, Mama passed away under hospice care at Brenda's house on January 15, 2018. Present time. After Daddy and Mama were gone, we thought that our family might not see nor talk to each other much anymore since it was Daddy and Mama that brought our family together. And since the Friday family reunion would not be happening anymore, I set up a Zoom meeting for every Friday with the old gang of Uncle Bill and Aunt Jean, Ed and Shereen, Brenda, Andy and I. Sometimes my second son, Dennis, joins in. We still Zoom every Friday and I wouldn't miss seeing and talking to the group for anything. Of course, us kids get a little silly sometimes, but Uncle Bill and Aunt Jean say that they know how we are and they don't mind. Including the grandchildren mentioned in this episode, Mama and Daddy have a total of eight grandchildren. Mama and Daddy also have 17 great-grandchildren and nine great-great-grandchildren. Coming up next, we have the little surprise that I mentioned earlier. It is a handful of my dad's poems that we put into his memoirs when we presented this little booklet I put together at his 80th birthday party. There's so many other poems that I wish we had, but all the times that we had to move them, we lost the poems that he had written down. Okay, one more thing. I know some people say poems, and I grew up in Texas. I may be saying it wrong, but that's the way we say poems. Anyway, enjoy these poems. Here they are. Poems by Dave Pickett December 5, 1981 Grandpa's House Dennis is a good little boy. He's really not a smarty. The reason he's not over here. He went off to a party. His mama couldn't wait for him. If she did it would be too late to go with Brenda to Grandpa's house. So he had to stay home and wait. So all you kids take my advice. And please don't be a smarty. If you want to go to Grandpa's house, you will have to miss the party. 1981 just a couple of years ago, when Amber Joy was small, she would holler at her bean gaw, watch me, bean gaw, watch, I can jump, and that would thrill us all. One morning, I was welding, when a tiny voice I heard, don't let me look, grandpa, don't let me look. Well, I turned off the power, and took off my hood, 
and picked her up and held her. Like any grandpa would, I had much rather play with Amber Joy than weld on a piece of steel. That may sound silly to some folks, but it's just the way I feel. June 1982 Dennis He came to grandpa's house last week. It was on Father's Day, but when he got tired of sitting around, he went outside to play. It sure was hot outside that day, too hot to take a hike. He said I know what I will do, I'll go and ride my bike. But his mama said oh no you won't, you didn't bring your shoes. Oh, woe is me, said Dennis, I was just born to lose. December 1982 The following is about Brett and Dennis. There was two little boys, they both were pretty good. One's name is Booth, and the other one is Wood. They are never really mean, but just a little fickle. One is a little sourpuss, and the other a little pickle. December 3, 1989. For April's 10th birthday. Okay, April take a number, she said. I'll take three, because the good Lord gave it to me. I've had it nine times, and now I've got it again. Cause this time it's special, because I am ten. It was so nice hearing these again. The poem about Amber Joy and he'd much rather play with his grandchild than weld any old day always brought tears to my eyes and from what I hear to other people's eyes in our family as well. The don't let me look, don't let me look, grandpa. If you're not familiar with welding, people should not look at welding as it's happening because it could burn your eyes. So he always told the grandkids, everyone, don't look while I'm welding because it might burn your eyes. And that's why she said, don't let me look because he was welding at the time. So cute. Daddy was so good at writing poems. Some of the grandkids would actually say, hey, write a poem for me, Grandpa, and he do it. I wish we had them all. We have a little bit of them in our memory, but this is just a few that happened to have survived. Daddy enjoyed writing just quick little poems, and they were always positive poems, and made you feel good when you heard them, and I'll miss that a lot. We all miss that. Well, this has been quite a journey for me, and I appreciate everyone who stayed and listened to my Out Loud a Gizmo podcast, which is mainly about my dad's memoirs. I want to thank everybody for their support for me while I started this endeavor, which is new to me, and I've learned a lot as I've gone along. And it was a lot of work because I had to do it on a very, very tight budget. So I could not spend money. Everything I did, I looked for something free. And I will be taking a little break so that I can work on future projects. So goodness gracious, Outlaw Gizmo, please come back because I'll be here waiting for you. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. I want to thank my daddy again for writing the memoirs and giving me the inspiration to do this podcast. And I especially want to thank my Uncle Bill for letting me use his piano music and mix it so that I can use it without copyright issues and use it for my intro and exit music and background music. Thank you, Uncle Bill. <laughs>